0: It is the Spurt of 2016 podcast and the reaction podcast to Northern Ireland's World Cup qualifying draw of Italy, Switzerland, Bulgaria, Lithuania. I'm joined by Peter Baker and Pete. It's a bit of a disaster, isn't
1: it? Hi Andy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's a pretty bleak looking group for us. Both Italy and Switzerland always seem to make the major tournaments. So yeah, it could be a tough tough campaign for Northern Ireland again
0: seems as if, I mean, I tweeted earlier on, we've done a deal with the devil to get Greece in our 2016 qualifying group as top seeds, and ever since then, we just seem to have the worst luck with draws. I mean, you know, <laughs> pot one Italy, th- we'll go through the teams individually. Italy, you know, you expect a, a good a top one, a pot one side. You're very lucky to sort of draw a Denmark or a Croatia there. And even at that, they're still very good teams who so you expect to take six points off us. And then Switzerland, it's like they're the, the, by far the best team in pot two. And then even Bulgaria is a tricky one in pot four. I mean, It's looking, you know, when you look at it and you think, first place qualifies and second place gets a playoff, but even a playoff then puts you in a a position where you're in a semi-final and final to qualify. I mean, we'll try and be as positive as we can, but it looks very unrealistic doesn't it, for this campaign?
1: Yeah, it's quite tough. I mean, mean, just looking at the group uh, quickly, Bulgaria away seems like a banana skin. Switzerland have obviously done a job on us in the past, and I I can't I mean I think it would be a terrific result if we managed to draw against Italy in in either the home leg or the away leg. Um, it it does look pretty tough. I'm not not hugely optimistic and especially the, when you say there's another playoff involved. Uh, that doesn't fill me too, <laughs> fill me with a huge amount of confidence after the, after the last one.
0: Yeah, even like a one-off playoff, you could sort of think, right, we we'll somehow sneak into second place. But then you're looking at you're looking at knockout battle to get second place anyway, really. Um, I wonder, without being sort of too negative about it, I wonder, like, could we see this as an opportunity to not write it off, but certainly make sure we we don't let anything get in the way of, for example, McCann and Ballard's development at international level. Maybe even Galbraith, depending on he how he continues to develop. It's uh, it's 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 one of those, I mean, you don't want to throw, throw them in against Italy away, because if, if we're going to lose 7-0 or whatever, it's you're talking about careers potentially ruined and confidence is ruined, but mm. could, do you see, could you see this as, I mean, I know we've got another Nations League coming up after it, so maybe you do sort of um, give this a go to start with and see how we go, but can you see like this being a campaign where it's a bit of a transitional one for us in Barraclough?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's probably a bit of a transitional period that we're going through. Uh, what I t- would say is that Facing teams like Bulgaria and Lithuania will pose a different uh, set of questions for Barrick to answer. I mean, if the games he's uh, overseen already, we've played teams here probably better than us and we've gone in as the underdogs, um, whereas in those games against Lithuania, Bulgaria, we'd probably be going in favourites. So it'll be interesting to see how he sets us up in those games and it might provide more of a chance for the youngsters to uh, establish themselves. Uh, in uh, international football, for example, putting Galbraith in possibly against uh, Lithuania might make more sense than the last 20 minutes um, against a tougher team uh, when he's less likely to make an impact. So I I think it's a nice change. We're finally playing teams again who we can realistically look at beating (laughs) playing well against like Estonia and Belarus in the last group.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I Agree with everything you've said there, and that's a good point. I hadn't actually really thought of that—the fact that maybe this is uh, this will be the first time Northern Ireland have gone into a game as as, as certainly clear favourites. I mean, I think we're maybe slight favourites in that playoff final against Slovakia, but the, the bookies could barely split it. Mm. I mean. It's difficult for Ian Bariclough because he has he has come in and obviously he's had the chance to qualify and with that brilliant result in Bosnia and then the the terrible one at home to Slovakia and then Nations League's obviously been difficult. It always has been for us. I think for some reason it always is going to be. Um, mm. But he has to get off to sort of he has to do something in this group. It can't be like a it can't be a 2012. It can't be a, a 2010. He doesn't really have the. I don't think he's gonna get the the benefit of having a dreadful qualifying campaign like Mike O'Neill did because Mike O'Neill took over from Nigel Worthington it was a it was a team that wasn't winning games it was a team that was already in the doldrums Um, obviously Michael O'Neill sort of took us further into the doldrums before turning it around in emphatic fashion. But Barakov, I think, you know, certainly if we don't get third in that group, I think he's he's looking at he's looking at being under pressure. And it's it's difficult. We will go as I say, come on and talk about the teams individually, but Bulgaria are it wasn't the easiest possible side in, in, in that pot, pot four. There was like Georgia, Luxembourg in that as well. And you know, if you wanna if you want to be in with any chance of qualifying for a World Cup or a European championships, whatever it may be, you have to beat your Bulgarians home and away. You have to beat your Lithuanians home and away. But it is just it is quite a it is quite a difficult draw. I mean, a bit of positivity would be uh, the fact that we're in a five team group, that means there isn't gonna be triple headers as far as I know. And we're recording this at our uh what time's it now, quarter past dates. So fixtures aren't out yet. I've led to believe fixtures will be out tomorrow. Maybe for some people listening to this fixtures will already be out, but we obviously don't have the the, the foresight of seeing those, but it, the fact that it's going to be just two games per international break until until next year at some point, surely that's going to help us as, as a team who, you know, the the French players have come in and done well in certain games and certainly haven't disgraced themselves. But when you're playing the likes of Italy and Switzerland, the players they can call upon, um, you're pretty happy just to, just to play the two and make sure you can put out your strongest side in both games,
1: aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we've, our quality, uh, for the quality that we have, it certainly doesn't stretch across across three games Um, and when we went away to Norway and played our sort of second string team like we we tried to be as solid as possible but you did notice the real sort of lack of equality and causing any harm to harm to the opposition's defence so you'd hope the two games would play into our hands, top players, Dallas, Davis, McNair and would all be fit um, for both fixtures and can play the full 90 minutes
0: yeah, and especially given that first uh, set of fixtures is going to be in March, which is going to be towards yep. the end of the most congested season of all time and mm-hmm. with the Euros coming up as well. So certain teams might be resting players for that as well. And, you know, club managers at that point will just be desperate for players to get a rest. So the fact that we've only got two games there and listen, let's see uh, let's see what fixtures come out there. It would be nice to get a Lithuania home to start, something like that, get three points on the board, yeah. put a bit of pressure on. Um, but we'll see on that, as I say, people... People may already know that we we're going to wait for the fixtures to come out, but I think with that group, it's uh, it's not the it's not the prevailing um, talking point certainly. And um, the, the way it sort of was last time when we had the four games against Estonia and Belarus, and we knew we had to win those. Um, just finally, uh, before we talk about the teams individually, you're obviously looking at it later as a team that's probably going to win the group, and you're looking at Switzerland as fingers crossed, somebody we can give a challenge to. And um, with the last group, it was kind of like get your points on the board against the two bottom sides and. And then, you know, we we were hoping that one of Germany and Holland would take six points off each other and then it would come down to a kind of playoff scenario against one of those two. Is that what we're sort of looking from this one? Like Italy takes six points Mm -hmm. off Switzerland, we win the games we should win. And then, you know, who knows in a one-off scenario, even if we can get a draw at Windsor, then we're going out there again in a situation where we we could qualify. And we saw what Switzerland fans were like last time. They were... You know, there were booing players coming off as so we were about to qualify for a World Cup. They really got in their backs. And can we engineer a sort of scenario where 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 we can where we can rely on either Windsor Park atmosphere or making other teams a bit nervous of the fact that Northern Ireland might
1: be in a chance to qualify yeah. ahead of them? I think I think that's what we've got to hope for, and that just relies on beating Bulgaria, and Lithuania, home and away. Um, I I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as that, unfortunately. I think Switzerland are more than capable of getting results against Italy.
0: Yeah,
1: completely. So I don't think it's going to be that straightforward. Never is with Northern Ireland. That's why we love oh. it. <laughs> Never is straightforward. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. um Well, th- that has to be the hope anyway, but let's see on that. I, I actually agree with you. I think Switzerland is do- a good chance to take points off Italy, but makes it more entertaining anyway. Gives you another game to watch and another game to be emotionally invested in. Yeah. Let's talk about the Italians. 10th seed in the world, four time winners. Uh, didn't actually qualify for the last World Cup. Uh, it was the first time in 60 years that they didn't. Uh, came second to Spain in their qualifying group and then lost 1-0 on, in a playoff to Sweden on aggregate. So, um, who knows? I mean, I'm sure they're going to be absolutely yeah. raging this time, which isn't going to be great. Uh, but more recently than that, they won all 10 of their Euro 2020 qualifying campaigns. So they're going to be playing in June. Um, and the one their UEFA Nations League group with zero losses, uh, including a 1-0 win in Amsterdam. So they're certainly uh, in a good bit of form. And... Um, you're looking at that and you're thinking, you know, we actually got a point against them last time at Windsor Park, didn't we, under Nigel Worthington? But it's going to be very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's going to be an incredibly difficult challenge, Italy at home and Italy away. Um, however, what I would say is historically, obviously, Italy are one of the big teams in world football when it comes to international stuff. Obviously, winning the World Cup four times, but they don't seem to have the sort of household names um, that we'd associate with Italy over the years. Buffon's hung up his gloves. Chiellini and Bonucci seem to be gone. They don't have Pirlo, for example. They have a lot of very decent players, like Jorginho, for example, but no one really sticks out as uh, being world-class. Probably a very, uh, very handy outfit. Good on the ball, I'm sure. But I don't think they carry the same fear factor anymore. Um, so I suppose that's one positive you could look at it. Um, <clears throat> and we, you never know, we might get a draw at home, nil-nil, similar to the Holland game. Yeah,
0: they, they don't really seem to have the, the same fear factor as you say. I mean, they have a couple of decent strikers. Immobile a seems to score 30, 40 goals a season uh, yeah. without getting too much international recognition. And I think you were saying maybe Balotelli won the, the golden shoe last season. Most was- goals in in all the European leagues. So they do have guys who, who score goals. What was that sorry? That was a Mobley who won the golden shoes. Oh there. sorry Immobile yes. Yeah, um but it's as, as you say, there, there's no there's no massive name, but that that can almost be like that can always work further against us because it means that Mancini who's managing them now he has to he kinda has to gel them together. He's forced into doing that and, and making it a team rather than a, a Portugal who rely on Ronaldo or another mm-hmm. team, a, a Poland, for example. Um I've still got a soft spot for them because I was up in Port shirt in 2006 when they won the World Cup and uh, Morelli's gave us free ice cream. So, you know, <laughs> um, if they qualify ahead of us, then at least I have that to, to console me. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think, you know, we've said really all we we can say on, on the Italians. Let's move on to the Swiss and 16th in the world. Um, they've qualified for the last three World Cups and the last four major tournaments. And that, I think that's the thing about Switzerland, isn't it? You, you draw them and you just think, well, they kind of always qualify for these things um obviously you know we all know what happened in 2017 I don't particularly want to talk about it too much because we just know that's going to it's going to be a boring domination of the media in the lead up to that game just know it's uh, it's it's going to dominate the narrative completely but yeah they they're, they're pretty good they're the, the best team we could have gotten that pot um but similar to the Italians, I mean, on a on a much sort of lesser level in terms of quality, you don't really look at any players and think they stand out at you, or that guy's definitely going to get them the goal. I mean, there's the likes of Shaka, Freuler, Shaqiri, but, but nobody you're particularly petrified of. They're very much a team that's uh, that sell themselves
1: on being greater than some the of their parts, don't they? Yeah, and the main thing with Switzerland is they just seem to qualify. They're always there at the major tournaments. Don't do particularly well. Um, but they always get the job done. Oh, they always bore the life out of you of them, don't they? Yeah, they always just sit back, park the bus. and Although Shakiri did score a screamer overhead at the last tournament or something. But... Uh, yes, yeah, that's right. They, uh, I, think, I'd, I think you make a good point. They don't have any superstars, um, which means we can't target... It. So you say, for example, we were playing Poland, we'd mark Lewandowski out of the game, possibly. Uh, and Poland don't do as well. Uh, whereas with Switzerland... There's no one really you could pick out. They just work well as a team, it seems like. And, I mean, in the Nations League group, they did pretty well. They group was with Spain and Germany. They managed to draw with Germany twice. They drew with Spain once. They beat Ukraine. So they are a decent outfit. Um, and I think they'll, they'll pose a threat to Italy. No one's going to run away with the group. But those two teams, I, I couldn't, to be honest, decide or uh, guess who would. Who would get the better out of those two across two games?
0: I think I think the Swiss have some mad sort of home record, or certainly they did coming up to that uh, that game and that playoff in, in 2017 for the World mm-hmm. Cup against us. <laughs> they just don't lose at home. Uh, and, you know, international football, teams do have stronger home records and teams tend to do club football for a variety of different reasons. But Switzerland really do, they're really, really strong at home. And it, it is crazy, as you say, you know, there's, there is no standout players. In fact, you know, you look at the likes of Xhaka and Shakiri, and they can't really get games for their clubs, even though um, they are playing, even though they are clearly good players and they are clearly um, at, at good teams as well. That's the other thing. Um, so they, they qualified for the Euros, uh, topped the group, including Republic of Ireland and Denmark, Republic of Ireland drew with them at, uh, in Dublin uh, and lost 2-0 out in Basel. Or BAL, whatever it is. Uh, I mean that's something we can sort of we're on a similar level to the Republic of Ireland in terms of quality. We can sort of mould it off that and they, they were able to get a point. So there's there's no reason why we can't we can't get something off them at some point. It's just whether we can then go out to Switzerland and, and, and get something. That'll be the real asset test of whether we're we're able to qualify for this or certainly get second place and
1: get a playoff, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it could be very much a case of just trying to restrain them. Similarly. Um against I mean, if we look at how our sort of second team performed in the Nation League, um, trying to be as solid as possible, I think that could possibly be the approach uh, against Switzerland. Um, again, I, I, could see us get, I could see us getting a draw at home potentially. Um, it's just I'm not I'm not sure we've got the goods to beat to beat either Switzerland or Italy. Would be in too negative. And the worry, the worry about that now is that we've kind of seen
0: the defence decline slightly in terms of a unit, haven't we? Under mm. under Baraclough, like you used to be under Michael O'Neill, you knew you were going to get that solidity at the back. You had Johnny Evans and McCauley, who are two of the greatest centre backs of our of our generation, certainly uh, for Northern Ireland, and and you had that. Whereas you do. I mean, we still look strong enough at the back. Johnny Evans is is obviously a fantastic player. Craig Cathcart has his his good moments and his bad moments. Ballard's look brilliant when he's come in, but as a collective, there seems to be a bit of a mentality problem. And, you know... If you're if you're nil nil at 80 minutes against Italy or Switzerland, you're, you're well. First of all, we take we take that all day long, being in that position. But you mm. are sort of thinking there is a bit of an air of inevitability sometimes in the fact that we're going to concede, and that will be a bit of a worry because we are going to have to be pragmatic in this group, and we are going to have to grind out narrow victories, which we haven't really shown that we can do under Barakoff or bar Bosnia,
1: sort of, which was a penalty win, you know. Yeah, I, I think we could. I mean, we could be under the cosh for a lot of. The majority of the time in those games, um, so it'll be difficult to see. Although you could say we've had plenty of practice of that uh, in the Nations League, and hopefully we've learned from those uh, mistakes. And if they switched on for the 90 minutes, because I reckon that's what it's going to take. Yep, fair enough, fair enough.
0: Uh, obviously we're the pot three team. Uh, by the way, people on Facebook, uh, every time I, I don't know if you've seen this, every time I post the draw uh, with a flag after everyone's name. Uh, obviously, I can't do that for Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland don't have a flag emoji for, um, and everyone sort of gives me a lot of stick for it. Lads, I don't work for Apple. Take it up with them, you know what I mean. Uh, every time there's somebody has to go, I've just stopped replying to them, to be honest. But anyway, uh, moving on to, to Bulgaria. Um, there was a lovely comment on the Spurs 2016 Facebook page. Actually, it comes from a guy called Boris Angelov from Bulgaria, and uh, he says, "Welcome. Hope fans, hope fans are back in the stadiums." Uh, by the way, we're absolutely terrible. Cheers from Bulgaria. So that, that's nice, isn't it? That's a bit of positivity. <laughs> 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 it's
1: very negative for for his team. Uh, <laughs> I mean, on in terms of Bulgaria, I I know next to nothing. Has Berwathov hung up his boots? Is he still knocking around? Surely hung up his
0: boots, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I looked up their, the their last couple straight. of teams just to see, like. If I knew anyone <laughs> Bulgarian, and I don't, but I know they all, you know, there's <laughs> a 90% chance you're going to look at somebody and the, their name ends in a V, but that's about all I can tell you, mate, to be
1: honest. Yeah, I mean, they, d- they didn't do terrifically in their Nations League group with uh, Wales, Finland and uh, the Republic. I think they lost four and drew two. So, I mean, they're not going to be brilliant. They don't have one standout player who's world-class, who can make a difference, or at least I'm aware of. Might be wrong there. Um I mean, you'd expect to beat Bulgaria at home. In Bulgaria, it might be a different prospect. Might pose a bit of a banana skin. Uh, That's what I'm worried about, to be honest with you. Going in as favourites away from home. It'll be interesting to see how Baraklav sets up.
0: Yeah, William Barclough in his interview after the after the draw pinpointed Bulgaria as a very tough pot four team that we could have got. He mentioned obviously the fact that we're we're traveling. It's over in the it's over in the, the, the in Eastern Europe with, with Lithuania, which I mean you can't really complain about that with the amount of teams that are in the European qualifiers, you're gonna have at least one or two trips out there. And we've shown before, you know, going out to Estonia and Belarus. I know they're they're not the same sort of quality, probably as Bulgaria. Uh, but they are. You still had. We still had to travel out there and do a double header, and we came away with the points. Um, 60th ranked in the world. Haven't qualified for World Cup since 1998. Uh, only got six points in the last European qualifiers. Lost four 0 and six 0 to England. Uh, but did beat the Czech Republic two one. And I think that's. Uh, I think that's a thing mm-hmm. about them. It's like, at home, no matter who they have or how they're how they're performing you always just look at the results at international level and you look at bulgaria and they can t- you you'd never be shocked if they take points off a, a switzerland or something like that um and they could actually play a part in in that couldn't yeah. they i mean you're you're looking certainly i wouldn't expect them to do much uh, as you say away from home hopefully we can get that result at windsor park but excuse me you'd expect like you'd expect them to, to give everyone a run for their money in sofia anyway wouldn't you
1: yeah especially i'm sure if fans are back as well they'd probably create a pretty um, hectic atmosphere there somewhere trying to intimidate the opposition as much as possible Um, and like you say it wouldn't be a surprise if they eat out a shock result against Italy or Switzerland they seemed you know it it does seem quite hard and they were in Group B for the Nations League as well obviously they've uh, dispatched the teams in Group C and they're obviously they're probably slightly above that level Um, and they've exactly the they had exactly the same record as us in the Nations League, um. So it it could it could be a bit tricky. I don't think it's a given that we'll get six points from them. No, definitely not.
0: And I actually what you're saying there, I think we could find ourselves in a position where they're where it's, we're pretty evenly matched, to be honest with yeah. Bulgaria. Uh, I can't I couldn't say for sure that they're you know the likes of Romania in our group who we took the two points off or any or any better or worse than them. I know they were in pot two, but. Um, I think that was because they got that 3 0 default win against Norway. Uh, as you say, they only picked up the two points, drew home and away to the Republic of Ireland, lost to Finland and Wales home and away, and um, lost the playoff semi-final as well to Hungary. So they were they, they were obviously in that because they they won their league C group. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's it's not like it's not you know you could have a Georgia or a Luxembourg. I know Georgia's obviously a difficult one to, to travel to as well. But yeah, I think all we can say on that is it's you know we don't know any of their players they probably are uh, aren't the aren't, they're not the best team they're not very good at football but um on recent on recent shows neither are we so let's just wait and see in that one but at the same time you know fixtures come out if you've got Bulgaria away first game you're, you are thinking we you know we have to get off to th- we have to get off to three points in that one um last one's is it's is lithuania if i can say that uh, so they finished bottom of their euro 2020 qualifying group with one point that was against luxembourg so they lost the other one there third in league c uh, behind uh, Albania and Belarus in the last Nations leagues, we've only played them twice in our history. Actually, for the 1994 World Cup qualifiers, drew two two all in Belfast on the opening match. Kevin Wilson and Jerry Taggart put us two nil up before they pegged us back, and we won one nil in Vilnius with the great Ian die scoring in the eighth minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a lot we can say about that other than if we if yeah there's, there's just no if if we don't get six points from that uh, from Lithuania, um, we've no excuse. To, uh, uh, for not being anywhere near qualifying out of this group simple as that really isn't
1: it yeah if we've any um admiration or if we've any intent of qualifying we've just got to beat lithuania i think that's the bottom line and the, the, the same goes for bulgaria we we simply need to win those four matches um possibly uh we've been spoiled over the years with michael o'neill he set us up in a way that we seem to get the results against the sort of smaller nations when we need to um, pre- under previous managers it wasn't so straightforward like Worthington and Sanchez where we'd be so inconsistent one, one game we're brilliant we're beating Spain uh, or the next we're losing to Iceland um, so you know we, we just need I, I think Bayer Club would be looking for a professional performance against Lithuania all the players need to have the right attitude um, and play and perform most importantly and hopefully the result should look after itself especially against lithuania
0: yeah it's it's one of those games you, you, you they are one of the lowest ranked teams in europe they're 129th yeah. in the world i can't remember if i said that um, in my introduction to them there I mean, yeah, it's again. There is the the thing about the travel, and you would you would think maybe, or you would hope that fixtures might be nice to us and give us Bulgaria and Lithuania away on the same double header. But I mean, what are the chances of that? You kind of just have to cop for the fact that you're you're going to do a bit of travelling, and you know, um, as, uh, we, we we can complain about the traveling all we like. You'd have taken Kazakhstan over Italy, wouldn't you? So it's 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 all about the uh, it's all it's all about the, the quality of the teams. I mean, yeah, I mean we can more or less wrap it up there. Um, final comment on it then it's it's a tricky group um, I guess I guess the thing is just what we've said we'll have to get 12 points from Bulgaria Lithuania hope that Italy take the points off Switzerland and, and set up a, another playoff I said I wouldn't mention it but I have there you go
1: yeah I I just want another shock uh, win at Windsor beating one of the big teams and I think Switzerland and Italy both fall into that category Fans back in the stadium, the players might might get a big boost from that. Um, I'd, I'd just love to see an upset
0: shake things yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, and as you were saying there about about the days of Sanchez, where it was inconsistencies with the likes of Latvia and Iceland, but we had the Englands, we had the the Spains, the Denmarks and the Switzerlands. It was kind of the opposite for Michael O'Neill, wasn't it? Like it was mm. we never really had that big scalp um, oh. really. I mean, obviously we have Ukraine, but it's not like. It's not like that shock that, you know, we've had incredible results, incredible nights. We didn't have that big shock. And who knows what, where Barakluff's going to fit in. Is he going to fit into the, you know, the, he gets us these big results. He gets us these big Windsor nights again. But we can go to Lithuania and lose 1-0 at any given moment. Or yeah. is he going to be a guy who, I mean, it would be great if he was both.
1: Absolutely. I, I th- We've got the squad there established that are, sort of have a mentality of winning against the smaller teams getting the job done. Um, I just, I, I want nothing more than a mad night at Windsor Park. Fans are going crazy after we've just scored against Italy and we're holding out for a 1-0 win. There's nothing like the nerves. You're a wreck by the end of it, but it is brilliant. That's what we're in it for. It's what we're in it for, yes. Um, listen, thank you so much for coming on, Pete. Cheers. Yeah, no worries, Bill.
0: It's a massive, it's a massive campaign for Ian Baraclough. it's a massive campaign for Northern Ireland, it's a massive campaign for us at the East 2016 podcast again, it's going to be our, well it's really going to be our second campaign actually, um, that seems a bit mad because there's been coronavirus and there's uh, been the Nations League as well, so it seems like we've been going on forever, but we will be following Northern Ireland every step of the way, we will have previews, we will have reviews, we will have reactions, we will have specials, we'll have everything coming up for you for this coming campaign in March. We'll hopefully have a, a bit of a podcast coming out in the next week um, talking about the women's team. The women have obviously had an incredible um, achievement to qualify for the playoffs for their Euro 2021, which is played in Euro 2022. Um, so we're going to have a, a bit of a chat about that coming up in the week. And that should hopefully be out for you, as I say, this week. but. Thank you very much for, for listening. Thank you very much for listening throughout the last campaign, the Nations League. Uh, all you guys have been loyal listeners from the start and the ones who have discovered us recently. Thank you so much to everyone. Thanks to Pete for this um, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.